The thought never crossed my mind, so, Sean. Weasel? The thought never saying? crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. I was simply trying to make certain that your character wasn't going to be an NFT. You're actually, you're just too dumb. <laughs> and actually, you're just a swarmy douche. And that... <laughs> That's really just what the entirety of all gamers are like, honestly. Yeah. They're you know, all I mean, super narcissistic I, and think super highly I know of themselves. You're, go you're probably going to think this is a win for you, but yeah. really, this is a win for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I heard that I am standing in between you and my money, and your money. You yeah, are, right? actually. I don't so know I, why. It's actually my money. You just yeah. haven't realized right. it yet. It's in, yeah. But I'm like causing, like. Not only is that our money, yeah. it's always been our money, and you owe us that back and interest. I, I, yeah. I feel bad. I should have done something earlier. We just loaned that, that to you. Yeah. We just didn't tell you until now. You know, mm -hmm. by the time we actually release this, everybody's going to be like, that happened a long time That's ago. Why right. are you going on about it? <laughs> they, they totally <laughs> changed their ways, and everybody loves there, them now. There it's are weird. context clues in the intros, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's what was happening when we were recording this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's my wallet. No, thank you. Well, in that case, let's get on to the adventure. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, good, good luck, Richard. As soon as your other companions pitch in their money, we'll start the game. Cut to a scene of Richard at a liquor store with my credit card going, <laughs> what do you mean, declined? <laughs> <laughs> it's... Welcome back, Vault Dwellers, if your memory is intact, which for some of us is questionable. Eh. You remember, we just left the room labeled Slaughter, and our fine party members are heading into the room labeled Fame. I want to live forever. Exactly. I was waiting. I was waiting for pause. I want to learn how to fly. Fame. As you step in, you find yourselves in narrow city alleyway. It appears to twist and wind in a maze-like fashion. It's dark. It's eerie. Eh, you hear the occasional shriek, and maybe the odd growl breaks the silence of the ambiance of the place. Now, as you look around, you each notice something odd. You don't see your fellow party members. You are alone in the street. Now, if you remember where you are and who was in this room before, it may help you out. If you don't, hmm, let's see how this goes. The legally distinct Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Now, I imagine some of you are going to call out to your companions, but you hear no reply, only the echo of your voice. Until a moment later, you each hear this. This is my time, but yours is at an end. I shall cut you, bleed you until your sins wash with the sewers. Your bodies will be cleansed by the morning dew, a gift to the old tree, a life for a life. Now run, you fools, fear my blade, and flee my footsteps. So, Sean, let's start with you. Zadikio finds himself in a street. Now, you don't know that it looks like the same street as your companions. You just see where you are, and you feel the presence of someone around you. And it's creepy. Yeah, you know, Zadikio, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a warrior. He's a warrior at heart. And, and yet, he's a little surprised to feel just a bit of a, a little bit of a chill go down that spine. Just a little bit of a, a current of fear kind of ripple through him. 
And then he kind of looks around and he realizes, oh yeah, it's the game he's playing. He wants to scare me. Mm, yeah. And so he calls out, yeah, hiding in the shadows, are you? Yeah, you got to think you got the advantage, don't you? I'll play your game. You want me? You come catch me. And he'll start taking off. And, and what he's really realized is that the location that he's at, these narrow, fine streets, they don't give him the space he needs to really get into his battle groove. And so he's going he's gonna to make him, make him track him down and find a better spot where he can have a bit of an advantage. So he starts just barreling through these alleyways. And you know what? I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll grab a trash can as he goes by, throw it to the ground, he'll put his shoulder into a stack of crates, um, you know, just creating as much ruckus and mess and everything, as much noise. You know, this guy operates from the shadows. He, slink, he, he slinks around and he's quiet. And at least that's what Zadikia thinks. And so he's going to cause a ruckus. And so he's using athleticism uh, to really try to, to, to make a, a scene here, if you will. That's that not 20. Not 20 right there. Yeah, so that's uh, what, 30, what is, 37 total. 37, okay. The final number does matter for something I'm calculating. All right. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is a pretty good pretty good run there. So as you're doing this, there is the point where you know that as soon as you start to flee that he is chasing you in some way. You don't, don't see him. You, you just feel him. There's that presence around you. And then at some point, you no longer resist the temptation and you stop to look around and look behind you to see if you can you can spot him and that's when he comes in for his attack it's that scene in the movie where all we see is the shadow and the width and somebody moved behind you and we get a glint of a blade that comes in to slash at you but just as it does one of those crates that you had just knocked over because some of them went back you tried to shovel them back towards you but some of the bottom ones rocked back the other way and went in front of you and as they decided to step up over one of those caused the blade to just narrowly miss you and the glint of your eye is all that catches a little of that steel. But you don't see who's wielding it. But you take no damage from the attack. So, over in his own, very similar street, is Dr. Jack. And he realizes the same problem. This is the predicament he is in. Somebody is hunting him. Somebody is stalking him. What do you do? So we see that Dr. Jack was walking down a narrow back alley path. Somewhere where there is almost no light at all you see that while there's this foggy mist and there's a slight little bit of rain in the air dr jack suddenly stops completely frozen in place not looking around or anything has his eyes completely closed and you just hear faintly in the distance just a little you see dr jack slightly tilts his head and is looking You see, from Dr. Jack's perspective, Dr. Jack is thinking and planning out the route that he has walked so far, looking forward, trying to figure out where he could possibly go, listening to sound that's coming from, to his, sounds like his back right, that is slowly getting closer, and is listening to the meter of the footsteps, and is trying to determine about the distance that this person is approaching from. And Dr. Jack's thinking to himself, calculating how fast he would need to move to keep at least equal distance from this person. That's when Dr. Jack suddenly just charges straight forward and comes out from the opposite side of the alley and takes a sharp left out into a a more main street, but notices that still can't see anything, but can still hear the sound of the approaching footsteps. 
and realize Dr. Jack realizes to himself, this is a this is as much of a chase as it is a mind game. That Dr. Jack needs to listen and understand his opponent before he can make any moves against trying to outplay. The first part of any engagement is knowing who you're fighting. Half the battle is already fought before it even begins. Alright, go ahead and give me a perception check. It's not technically a skill, but Path of 2 is a little weird of how they separate a perception out. But I'm, I'm going to allow it because it's fun. And that's a <laughs> terrible roll, but there we are. I mean, you know, you've got a bunch of those. Have you considered euthanizing yourself? Right. <laughs> you well, that'll be a 21 total. So that's an interesting take, that it is a mind game that maybe, maybe what drives this person isn't the kill, but it's the hunt. So you don't try to thwart the strike, you try to thwart the actual hunt itself. It's a very clever tactic. And maybe you were onto something, but you don't have it quite down yet. You don't have him understood. He's still one step ahead of you. As he comes in with that razor blade of his, you don't see it. You hear it, though, because you were listening. But by the time you hear it, it's too late, and he's already made his slice on the back of your leg. So you take nine damage, and you now have 1d6 persistent bleed. And over in another street, all in a row, again, is a very nervous Dr. Tendleton's TA, who finds herself alone for the first time in a while in this very spooky street. What do you do? first because of just the dead silence and kind of like the oppressive silence gonna start to make her like panic a little bit and she just has to okay no we're fine we're fine okay we just gotta she just takes a breath and looks out into the street to see like where she can go and kind of creeps against the wall for a little bit to try to stay out of sight while she thinks of what to do and then looks and just sees just little loose rocks and pebbles on the ground so she looks and thinks for a minute and just calls her mage hand and has it grab some of the loose rocks and then she takes a dead sprint in one direction and has her mage hand just toss it so just you can hear the clacking of the rocks in one direction as she sprints off in the other to try to trick him to follow the noise and tries to sprint as quietly as possible in the other. That sounds like it could work. Why don't you roll that dice over there and make that deception check and let's see whether or not it does. The 20? That's not a great roll. No, it's not. Final answer? Dude, so, so few of so, them. There's so few so, of them left. So precious. Yeah. It's not like they've been, you know, being awarded generously. Yeah, they haven't this. been mm-hmm. awarded. I think I'm the only one who's gotten one, and You're that was for a terrible one dad joke. That, that was for a terrible dad dad joke. Well, you know what the bar is then. So just yeah, just terrible. I think dad it was something about saying that he needed to uh, stay on his feet whenever he was talking about how it was. Yeah. Yeah. We can always roll back the tape, but I'm not yeah. gonna. Yeah. yeah. So you're sticking with the 20 is the 20 what you're going with. Yeah. So you feel like maybe it was a clever solution that you came up with. However, the person hunting you is more clever. 
Your simple tricks did not deceive him. He knows the difference between a rock clinking and a footstep. And at one moment as you come around a corner, you don't see it. You don't realize that he'd managed to get in front of you. As you quickly dart around, something moves past you so quickly that you don't catch it. But you feel the cool steel of the blade on your skin as he cuts you for 10 points of damage, including 1d6 bleed. Okay, well, I had five seven-foot points still, so fuck you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you guys are having such trouble. Uh, Sean over here. He, yeah, he Sean great. rolled a nat 20, oh, yeah. so fuck you, I, Sean. I really recommend rolling a nat 20 if you guys... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Like, yeah, me over I here rolling that. a fucking six. Roll better. I rolled a three. I haven't got a three. <laughs> guys, those are really <laughs> subpart rolls. You need to do <laughs> you know, a lot higher. Statistically speaking, I'm going to get a 12 because we're going <laughs> to yeah, double Yeah, statistically. It. That's why we always have a math nerd at the table. <laughs> somebody, somebody quickly do the stats for us. Okay, um, Nickel, I have a very important question. Yeah. What are the odds that you roll below a 10 <laughs> five times in a row? Actually, yeah. it was nine. Was it nine? We ended total? up doing nine. Yeah, nine. What are the odds? On a d20. On a d20 below a 10. Not counting or including or excluding 10. Uh, It had to be, it was a 10 or below. So 10 was good. Okay. Then it is going to be 10 to the eighth, which is going to be. Ten, one in ten million, I think. Yeah. If my math isn't bad. <laughs> hey, Nickel, what are the odds that uh, seven of your nine <laughs> D4s come up once now we're just, as they go? Now, we're, just, <laughs> now <laughs> we're testing your math ability. We're like, Nickel, okay. just like, I'm not the actual. Right. <laughs> no, that's my sister. All right, so a train left Cleveland <laughs> with 37 chickens going 87 miles an hour heading towards Chicago. S- some of our listeners uh, <laughs> went to Missouri S&T <laughs> and they're, they're quickly doing the math going, you know. You know. Like so we had the joke the other night where we had two engineers out there trying to figure out what a non-binary automaton how that would work. It's like just <laughs> blew his mind. How do you program an automaton <laughs> without using binary and, and like right. you're a bunch of um, engineers. like that's not what he's saying. No, it's we, not. you no. missed the reference. It's like, <laughs> simple. It's hex codes. Gender. Yeah. That's how Nick, that's how nickel codes think nowadays. <laughs> yep. Um, you, I you, wish that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Hexadecimals. I'll be like, um... IPv6 is hell. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss. And last but not least, alone on a street by himself, is Dr. Constance. Dr. Constance is going to have that moment where after realizing that he's alone, he's very quickly going to associate this with the fear room. The last place they were isolated and realized, okay, this is going to be somewhat tailored to our particular skill sets or natures in a way and he's going to think this is old artist port. many of these streets haven't been changed which means and he's just gonna smile a second before hearing footsteps and he's just gonna go all right slasher i know these are your streets and i know you want to chase so let's run I can appreciate the reversal of the police chase scenario, and he's going to take off. Dr. Constance is specifically going to target obstructions, vaulting over things that he knows should be in the streets, a dumpster that's been there for as long as anyone remembers, gates that were here when the city was first built, stairs that are in ruin when he was running them, but he knows should still be there, 
at this time period. He's going to kick off of walls to make tight corners. Slide around buildings. And grab posts to quickly reverse his direction. As he, he twirls and flips through the streets, trying to take corners faster, cleaner, tighter than his the man following him. Alright, give me that acrobatics check. Let's see how well you do. 29. Even Steven, straight up 10 on the die. Fortunately for you, many of these streets are the same. You don't exactly remember where you're at in the streets, and if somebody asks, you don't know if you could name the street. But it is familiar enough to you that you know what's where. You know which streets turn back which direction. And many of the things that you remember are where you remember them. The gates, the boxes, the pieces, the bits. They're all there. And you find yourself relatively successful as you vault around trying to get ahead of this stalker, this hunter, this person who's following you. And you think you're mostly successful, but at the last second, as you come around one corner, you feel him coming around right behind you, closer than you expect. You're almost quicker than him, almost. As that blade flashes out, you manage to miss most of the blow. So what he gives you is less a cut and more of a scrape. Your attempts at bouncing around and using your acrobatics and your, your ability to be that, that quick were pretty successful. So he barely gets you. It's only one point of damage. It's really just a, a, a little prick in the skin. You, you think with a little more effort, you could have had him entirely. All right, the first turn is over with mixed results as you each are running down your own private streets, running away from your stalker. He who hunts you, but you're not out yet. You've still got more to go. We go back to Zadikio, who did really well with his random number generation. Let's see if he can do it again. These dice will never betray me. I declare that. You guys ready for this? Um, <clears throat> so Richard, uh, I just want to mention, I hope that you will support me in that, in the interests of, of excellent role-playing. Uh, I'm going to choose a skill that... I, I am I, interested in excellent role-playing. <laughs> like, Where like can to we find some? I'd like to hear some, Sean. <laughs> Feel free to start any point, as opposed to dipshit hacky characters that you come up with every time, usually with some lousy accent. But, gosh, now I'm sad. <laughs> Damn it. You, you did this like to yourself. Twice <laughs> I got too close to myself. Um, Anyway, uh, so I'm choosing a skill that uh, is not one of my highest skills, okay. but I am trained in it. I'm decent at it, uh, but I'm doing it because th this is, uh, it's all about the story. So here it is. Uh, <clears throat> so Zadikiel's, you know, he's still moving around and he actually, he, he laughs, uh, maybe a little bit of a nervous laughter, but a laugh nonetheless. And he says, <laughs> oh, looks like you missed there, shadow man. Came uh, a little too close, and I heard you. You stripped, and <laughs> uh, you got to do better than that. You like the shadows, do you? Huh? Is that what you like? Well, maybe we should allow a little illumination around here. And um, so, what he's trying to do is he's trying to intimidate. Okay. But he's going to supplement that by casting a heightened cantrip light and dropping down sixty foot of bright light centered upon him. Okay. You know, you like the shadows, man? Well, how do you like a little bit of light? And um, so anyway, so that's what he'll do. Okay. So he'll burn a cantrip. Really burn and Zadikul said, let there be light. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's so much better. <laughs> Damn it. 
Gavin plays character. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you built it. You might as well come over here and do it. He certainly could do a job role-playing. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, anyway, the cantrip goes off. Boom. Bright light happens. That intimidate is uh, only a 25. So, I'm, I'm hoping it's a, a success, uh, at least a little bit. So, you kind of stop defiantly and drop this light spell in the middle of the street. And it's not quite as dramatic as you hope. The light goes off, and there is indeed light, but between the the fog and the the lack of light around you, and it doesn't seem to bounce off things as well as normally. It's a little less dramatic, but it does create light. Of course, light is what's required to also create shadows. And at the last moment, you realize the one shadow you didn't suspect was your own. As you see it flinch and move as though it's coming to attack you. And you move quickly out of the way as you realize that this is what is happening that while though it did make him make make for fewer avenues of attack it also created some shadows that you didn't expect and one of them comes at you and manages to find a small purchase does just a little bit of damage to you but because of the light and because you spun around at the right time you feel as if the attack did not find as much of a hold as it was looking for so you're going to take five damage and as you spin around ahead of you, you see kind of a cross street, a little more of a circle, a little more open, and a little more well lit. It actually has some lamps there. And you feel like if you make it up there, that maybe the light would be enough to keep your stalker away. And as you move forward, indeed, as you get to this kind of center, I'd say circle, you feel much more safe. And you see a door on the other side that looks familiar. It's the doorway out. Hmm. As you have succeeded. Oh, it's three marks in front of me. That, those feel better than those marks you were giving me last time, which were... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget what awfulness those represented. We but. never found out as far as I'm aware. Yeah. All right, back to Dr. Jack. Dr. Jack, you, uh, you're you not quite getting the measure of your stalker here. Maybe you could try again. Have you got another tactic you're going to give a shot here? See if you can gain some ground. See if you can outsmart him once and for all. I think I'd like to try and use Lore Artist Board. Okay. Yeah, I would assume that Dr. Jack's understanding of the city is more so going to be, uh, like, knowing what streets connect to where and kind of, like, the zoning and stuff like that. Dr. Jack does not seem like the kind of person who would know, like, the street smarts of Artist Board. But you know the map really well. Yeah. But knows the maps, knows the layout, knows how to get from point A to point B fast. All right, we'll give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. Once again, you're being raided on your description. So we see Dr. Jack is running through back narrow alleys once again. The running seems a bit more desperate than previously. Dr. Jack is now, is he well aware of the damage that this specter can do and the fact that that this is dangerous, but that Dr. Jack knows that he's leaving a very distinct trail with his own blood left behind. It's going to be very distinctly visible with the, well, visuals and with the smell. This character seems like, the one that's chasing him seems like the kind of person that would know, well, would know exactly what blood would smell and taste like, and would be like a shark in a water. So Dr. Jack, while running, is thinking to himself, trying to remember the maps that he remembers having poured and labored over for previous jobs. Trying to think what parts of the city would have to remain the same. What parts could they not have changed and rebuilt over if this is supposed to be an older city? the older versions of Artisport and tries to remember the most central parts of town, the parts that they couldn't change. 
You see, from Dr. Jack's perspective, it's imagining the map in his own mind while he's running. And it's imagining out his own, well, his own course that he's charting out. What moves he's going to make. And not picking the one that's the most optimal, but trying to pick the one that has the most turns. That has the most sharp angles. The one that's going to be the most winding and the most path that they would never want to choose if you were trying to get somewhere fast but the one that is the most confusing to try and follow. All right, let's see that die roll there. Let's see how well you do. I'll take a 30. 30 total? Yeah. Final answer. Yeah. So as you're following this map in your head, you're not even really looking at the streets individually anymore. You're seeing yourself as just a pinpoint on this map, trying to pick the right course, or maybe the wrong course. The one that you're looking for, the one that's going to be the most difficult for you to follow. And you feel like you've gained some ground just when you feel the attack coming in at you. You sense that shadow moving towards you. You can almost taste the blade as it strikes at you. But just then you turn the corner and the blade misses you. Just barely. You can feel the wind. You can feel the smell. You just know that he's still right behind you but you managed to be one step ahead of him this time, and his attack did not find purchase. Yippee. Oh, God, I keep on forgetting the system. Wait. Uh, what's the flak to DC? Is it 15? 15. Yeah. 15. No. It's not that. <laughs> Fortunately, you don't crit fail flat checks, but yeah. uh, you'll take your bleed damage. So over in her own personal little street is Dr. Tindleton's TA. And her mind is in a different place right now, isn't it? Something weird is going through her head. Something strange, maybe a piece of an idea. Is it going to be helpful? Let's find out. So as uh, Dr. Tindleton's TA is looking through the streets, not knowing where to go next, she thinks back to a very weird time and it's weird that this would pop up to her head in her head but the endless hours that dr tendleton has made her sit back in his office and just lectured her about so many things and it pops up in her head that he's talked to her about old artist board because he's been here and he's never talked to her about anything interesting but he did have a fascination with the way for some reason just the way the city was set up and he did talk to her about the layout nothing ever interesting just the way the city was set up and the streets and where to go so she starts to follow the path of how he described to try to get to the main square. All right, let's see that roll over there. Let's see how well you remember this lecture. <laughs> I'm sure he's given it many times, so hopefully it's... No! Oh, that's See, a nat 20. This is why you should always listen to your professors See, right there. That's, so that's what uh, I was 37. About, that, is, that is exactly why you should uh, stay in school, pay attention, uh, because you never know when you might <laughs> might roll a nat 20 on that recall yes. knowledge check. Uh, 
uh, which I believe you're using society over there. Yes, I was. To so try to remember those society lectures. Yes, so that's a 37 total. Now, interestingly enough, you almost pause for a moment as you remember these lectures. You're rolling it through your head as you're reeling it back, almost as if you're experiencing it again. And suddenly, those little pieces of wisdom, now they're useful. Wait a minute. I know exactly how to get where I'm going from here. And I was going the wrong way the entire time. And just as, just as that attack is coming in, and you don't even notice it, because you're so busy trying to remember this lecture, that that completely oblivious this blade coming your way. But just then, you said, oh, this is the turn right here. And you step out into the street and into the light. And the blade goes right by you, missing entirely, afraid to go into the light, afraid to be seen. And you find yourself in kind of a, a central area of town, a circle, a main circle, as it were. There's a little extra light here, some, some lamps in the area. It's not really well lit, but more than the side streets have been that you were on. And in front of you, you see a door. It's the doorway out. And standing there is your friend Zadikio, looking at the door and waiting. Oh, finally! Oh my god! Oh. You made it. Yeah, yeah. finally! Oh. So you critically succeeded at your bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Yay! And then it's 1d6 for the bleed. Right? Uh, yes, you'll, you'll take 1d6 and then you get a flat check. Oh, one, yay. And then roll a d20 to see if it goes away. It's probably... I mean, to be fair, you rolled the 20 the round. Oh, oh hey! Another net <laughs> 20. Another net 20. Nice. So you stop That's bleeding. That's when I'd use that, too. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you walk right up there and you're like, oh, I better stop the. Oh, never mind. It's good. That is a 1 in 400 trance right there, folks. <laughs> Two net 20s in a row. She's like, check out my math skills. You think you're the only <laughs> one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, there's one more person this round. What do you got for me? Dr. Constance is going to realize that what he tried before, it almost worked. It was so close, but he's going to have that moment as he dodged, as that knife nicks him, as he realizes, I'm not out running this knife. This is still a cause. This is still fundamentally a challenge. This isn't about outrunning it. It's about getting out. And he's going to realize the knife may always know where I am. I'm never truly going to be able to lose this Sully Street slasher. But if I'm in the shadow, just because it knows which shadow I'm in doesn't mean it knows where I am in the shadow. And he's going to use his acrobatics to begin to flit from shadow to shadow, hiding at different depths waiting to see how close the noises get, the one following him gets as he flits to a different shadow. And I'm going to attempt a stealth check. Alright, let's see how well your stealth check goes here. 30. Yeah. So again, as you're moving away, you're trying to beat him in his own game, maybe, so to speak. Something occurs to you. The difficulty you've been having is because you're trying to beat his senses. You're trying to beat his ability, his skill. And that's when you realize that that's not going to work. Because maybe, just maybe, he's been in your head the whole time. Maybe the reason he outguesses you is because he's listening to your thoughts. He knows what you're going to do before you're going to do it. That's been your struggle. However, 
somewhere in the midst of this thought process as you're trying to, to use your stealth to be untraceable, unnoticeable. You hit upon something. And you're not certain what it is, but you suddenly sense that connection, that peace in your head, that eeriness, that, that satisfaction, that hunt that is coming for you, that glee that he gets. And suddenly it changes from glee. It's a weird feeling. Is it, is it happiness? Maybe it's happiness. Maybe you found the right thing and you don't know what it was and you don't know why, but he stops chasing you entirely. That, my friend, is a crit success. And you find yourself in the same open circle as the Dekio and Dr. Tennyson's TA. It's a long run. Yeah, I'm I, not that physically I, inclined. I got a little lost back there, so I, I yeah, get it. it happens. Yeah, These streets yeah. wind. They are so, good for chases. The only person still lost in the streets is Dr. Jack. <laughs> so what's going on over with you, Dr. Jack? You're still not found the way out just yet. What are you going to try? So for Dr. Jack, he's running along these back winding streets taking the most convoluted and confusing path as possible, listening to the approaching sounds as much as he can. Dr. Jack, mind is never resting, always, always thinking. And now he's working on his next part of the solution, trying to think what the next step in the equation is. That's just how Jack thinks. And Dr. Jack's thinking, trying to understand who this is that is chasing him. And that this person who's striking at him has never seen this person. And at a certain point, how much of this is the person's ability to be stealthy? Or how much is this as something that Dr. Jack is all too familiar with? Is this person even material in this room? Is this somebody that he's dealing with in the immaterial? Something that would should have been obvious seems almost too easy and explains why he didn't think of it the first point when he entered the room. Dr. Jack thinks to himself that, well, all spirits are repelled by one thing, and that is the forces of good and the forces of positivity will repel these. And thinks to himself, the one God that that Dr. Jack still will have faith in always is God's ray. And thinks to himself, well, I can definitely try this solution, but I don't like being the independent variable. And you see, for Dr. Jack, while he's running, stops once again, brings up his hand to his trident, and you see lightning start to surge into his trident, and he stabs it up into the air, and it looks like a arc of lightning sparks out from the trident, and he shouts out, but Something seems different about Dr. Jack. He's not speaking in his normal voice. And from the viewer's perspective, we can see that the other Jack, the spectral Jack, is leaning over his shoulder and is the one talking, and that Dr. Jack is just mimicking what is being said. And he says, Creature of spirit and steel, I thank you for your pledgeance and your grievance to the hunt. But... Your crimes against these people are not forgotten, and your gore shall glisten amongst all the temples of man. And thy punishment is death. All right, what are you rolling? 
I would like to make a religion check. All right, go for it. I, I can't wait. I know <laughs> I, it's going to be like a I, I super roll. I want this to be that. awesome because I like I like yeah. where you're going with that. Yeah. That was a decent roll. Not that twenty, but it's pretty good. Be a thirty-one. Thirty-one. So apparently, your solution here was to get Zack Snyder to direct the scene. <laughs> um, it, it seems very Justice League. Uh, you know what, what's happening here, but I like it. You you did definitely hit on something. Once again, you don't know exactly what it was, but you're on the right track with that immaterial. And you realize that you didn't even necessarily need to say these things out loud. That maybe the vocalization of it can help. Maybe it could could have some power of its own. But also just the thinking of it, just the act, just the the fear, the, the pure defiance of it. The, it's like a stake to the heart to the person listening. Because they understand. Hunters understand hunters. To a certain degree, ghost inspectors are the same thing. And they have a kinship. They have an understanding. So it doesn't necessarily make him leave you alone, make him let you go free. But he does pause enough. He does waver enough. He does give off a, a feeling of mutual respect. In some ways, that makes him want to kill you more in some ways makes him wonder if he just wants to keep you around to chase you another time but whatever the reason is we never get to find out because as soon as you're done as soon as that last lightning strike comes down into the trident you see the way out ahead of you you see a path leading to the central circle of town and as you move that direction you see your three friends are waiting there for you everyone you might want to put your rain gear on. I heard some lightning back there. I heard some thunder. Yeah, no, I didn't. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah that's, that's weird. Didn't hear that in my figure. I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't. It was it raining the first time you were in this room. No, no, it's foggy. Is this I one of those? Don't. Yeah. No precipitation. Yeah. Is, is this one of those don't ask what you did when I left you in the room alone situations? Well, if on a rating of um. Our previous bar situation to the um, Itermarn incident that me and you had, um, it's probably about a 14. That, I feel like All that's right. a really weird scale. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not following you. And the four of you stand in front of the door labeled corruption. And you realize it's time to go ahead and head on through and move in to the final room, or is it? Maybe there's more. This seems too easy. You guys have made it too far. But corruption, that's terrifying. What are you going to do when you head on through? You walk through that door. But just before you do, Dr. Constance, you hear a voice in your head. Thank you for remembering me. Don't let them forget. And the door opens and you guys step through into the room labeled corruption. And what's there, we're going to find out in the next episode of the Adventures of All podcast.
for listening to The Adventurer's Vault. Be sure to visit theadventurersvault.com for more episodes and campaign information. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. If you like what you hear, give The Adventurer's Vault a shout-out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you don't like what you hear, visit The Adventurer's Vault Discord server and let the cast know directly just what you think of them. And while you're there, listen to the exclusive content to see if it's just as bad. The Adventurer's Vault is produced by Night Owl Workshop, LLC. Now go quick, listen to more before I hunt you down.